Disclaimer. We talk about some, you know. Uh, uh, homophobia? Pedophilia? Yeah. yeah. Sexual assault? We might have used the word rape a couple times. Uh, I think we did. And we, we just uh, now, we used it. Yeah, but... We need to add a disclaimer for our, our disclaimer. No, because when we're doing the content warning, it's assumed that we're going to say, you know, content warning things. Ah, okay. Um, yeah. Also, we talk about police brutality at the beginning. Yeah. And just racism in general, because yeah. the country's burning. For Anyways, a good cause. Uh, Jeffrey, do you have anything else to say for this disclaimer? Um, uh, if you're not up to listening to this episode, you are valid, and we love you. That's very true and well put. Mm-hmm. Uh, trans rights. And Queer rights. rights to all and Black Lives Matter. Uh, defund the police. Cap. Bulbasaur, Venusaur, Bulbasaur, Ivysaur. <laughs> one, three, one, two. <laughs> yeah. I was just ranking my favorite uh, Bulbasaurs. <laughs> what? What? Pride in my gaze. Shut up, Dream Warrior. It's Pride Month, bitches. Okay, Dream Child. Okay, Dream Master. What do you think about your lives? Um, the world's on fire. Wait, it is? At time of recording. Oh. Smash Mouth was right. Are we going to steal that H-Bomber guy bit? <laughs> Wait, what is an H... Bomber. I'm I'm only familiar with sex bombs. Okay, dream child. Okay. I I the dream master. I feel like this is very awkward, but I'm not sure if it's because we're talking about Freddy's revenge, or if because points at world. <laughs> uh. Okay. So three things. We're talking about a Nightmare on Elm Street 2, Friday's Revenge for Pride Month because it's really gay. Yeah, it, it's great. <laughs> um, second thing is that uh, we are all referring to each other as different uh, subtitles of Nightmare on Elm Street movies. Uh, Ronnie is the Dream Warrior. I am the Dream Master, and. Jeffrey is the dream child, being respectively three, four, and five of the Nightmare on Elm Street series. Uh, and then the third and final thing being uh, so we're recording this uh, this pre-show uh, at my time. I think Jeffrey technically it's Thursday, June 4th, but to the rest of us in more correct time zone. Uh, this yes. Forever. Uh, I'm trying to figure. I need to look up the actual. Di- okay, so. In All case, of 2020. Yeah, of 2020. Uh, in case someone does not know, uh, on May 25th, 2020, George Floyd, a 46 year old uh, black man, suspected of passing a counterfeit $20 bill, $20 bill died in Minneapolis because uh, a piece of shit cop named uh, Derek Siobhan uh, pressed his knee to Floyd's neck and choked him out. But of course, thankfully, there were um, 
three good comps present who um yeah stood i'm reading watched. a note and said stood by watched and did nothing yeah and or participated so protests then started happening and this is kind of for posterity but also i feel like we need to talk about I feel like it'd be irresponsible of us not to talk about the conditions of when we're recording this because it's very important to speak about and I plan to speak about it in more in depth in the future. But I think it's good to talk about now because uh, we could talk about the movie and shit when we get to the actual show. But I think the pre-show should be focused on what's happening right now. Yeah. I, Malachi, uh, you see, they charged that they arrested them so you know did they end up charging i think recently they ended up charging the three officers who were watching by i could be wrong on that. Yeah, yeah so they, it's all uh, it's all good everyone can go home they also updated the uh charge for the one cop from third degree to second degree uh, second degree murder Fuck we yeah. did it we solved racism we can all go home we fucking did it uh well, actually, the big thing is that they might actually disband the Minneapolis Police Department and do it like the anarchist way. He he he. We, that I mean, is definitely get... something we can keep watch of as a podcast. So, while that's happening, um, you start having major protests in Minneapolis and across the country. It spreads like wildfire including to Washington, D.C., where there were literal fires, and it looked like the entire city was burning. And Trump had terrible responses to it, uh, quoting old racist, uh, that by saying, uh, when they start looting, we start shooting. General yeah, piece of shit. And, yeah. Priests, um, but for the wrong reasons. We... And this is also during the coronavirus and just COVID-19, excuse me, just tearing through our country and people are acting like we're still not under a national pandemic. And it's it's kind of a hellscape right now. And so I think it's important to talk about the fact that we're living in a hellscape and what we can do to help people like go through this because... None of us are African American or in this podcast, and I think it'd be a little irresponsible of us not to, in like, especially in show notes, uh, link some resources. And there, there will be a movie later on the month where we can more talk about this, like extensively. But I think it's it's important to talk about. Like, for instance, I have. At time of recording, went to one protest for about an hour and went and planned to go uh, currently to two more protests in my local area. And not everyone is suited enough for protest and like is in an environment where they can. I know some people have like small children uh, that they have to look after uh, audio autoimmune diseases, stuff like that, because COVID-19 not necessarily being the safest thing for some uh, some people aren't as going to be as safe at these protests so 
I understand that, but th- you can donate if you have the funds. Honestly, just talking about this and informing people close to you who might not understand everything, I think is really important because uh, you can shout at racist on Twitter all day, but if it comes down to like the people that you deal with in your everyday life saying stupid shit, then that's and if you can change someone's mind, and I think it's easier if you have like a rapport with someone to be able to, you know, convince them or at least move them off of a more terrible position. Sorry, yeah. I feel like I've been talking a while. Can someone else? <laughs> speak uh, up? I will fight with racists online. I will fight with racists IRL. I will, yeah. in fact, fight with racists all the time. Fuck racism. Fuck xenophobia. And fuck coleslaw. Act- have you considered racism yeah. good, actually? No. Oh, fuck off. You want to fight? You want to fight, Jerf? You, you want to go? And, and you... for the record, I don't find anything about yelling race, uh, yelling at racist on Twitter, for instance, to be a bad thing. I just don't think it's... Like, it's good to have, like, that catharsis, but it's also... Twitter isn't real life. <laughs> okay, so... Paul Joseph Watson. It's not the most productive thing in the universe to do. So, yeah. Uh, it's a good place for resource sharing. It's really good for that. It's really good for sharing video clips and of fucked up shit that's happening and stuff like that. Like Richard's... And cool things like Richard Spencer getting punched in yeah. the face. Oh, also, can we talk about for a second the, the fact that anti-fascist, specifically Antifa, but uh, have... Or, trying to be labeled a terrorist group right now, which is really scary. Yeah. Because Especially because like, Antifa's not a fucking group, you fucking imbeciles. It's not a group, and <laughs> I feel like they know this, and what's happening is... <laughs> yeah, I'm just... It's the... I, I feel like it is a, it's a, like a somewhat of a toss-up for some people on whether or not they actually know and even the people that do know, I feel like there's a level of willful ignorance. Does yeah. that make sense? But I don't, I can't say that for certain. They you take know? loose organization is the same thing as organization. Yeah, and it's just, how do I say this? A lot of these people, it's very easy when you're approaching a problem to have one singular person to focus on. I know I made kind of, re- did I make reference to him? Or was, this might have been a separate thing. Um, I was talking about this recently. It's easy to focus in on a singular person, like with the drug war. It's kind of like, what is this? It's it's amorphous, but you can focus in on Pablo Escobar, you know. And to them, a lot of people are looking at this like <laughs> the same way of like Pablo Escobar. They're looking at Antifa, but like it's yes. not a like there is no Medellin cartel. Like, in, in the same way of, like, structure. as there is, Like, there is no Antifa with that kind of structure, as there was the yeah. Medellin cartel. Yeah. Like, and my thing is, I feel like what they're doing is that they're using Antifa as a way to say anyone who labels themselves an anti-fascist, uh, like, at being able to say, well, you can't be outwardly public against 
being against fascism because then that can have you being to be investigated and probably arrested for being associated with terrorists. Yeah, and of course, which is scary because I identify as an anti-fascist. <laughs> Come for me. I don't speaking, give a fuck. Speaking of which, uh, um, there was a whole DEA thing. So like, we're we're all probably all on lists now. Oh yeah. Well, so that's Especially, fun. Yeah, they're starting to like take identities of protesters and like investigating anyone that they have with a name. So now when I go to the next two protests, I'm probably not going to use my actual name. Because I don't want people to investigate my shit. Because I haven't done anything wrong. <laughs> I don't know. Sounds like you did a few things wrong. I'm sure yeah, you did I, nothing I wrong. Like suggesting originally that we watch this piece of shit movie, I assume. Yeah, I was the one who suggested this originally. It's funny. Or at least you implant, <laughs> like in, you Inception style, you implanted it, I, but then Ronnie I, uh, picked it. Yeah. But you put the seed in Ronnie's brain. Yeah. The little memory egg. And then Ronnie was just like, wait, an egg? I love eggs. Wait. I love egg IRL. Also, I'm sorry. Hmm. Egg IRL. Wait, Malachi, didn't you actually suggest Moonlight? Did we lose a buy? No, the buy is here. Um, I did suggest Moonlight, and that's and one of the reasons I wanted to. Originally, Moonlight was going to be recorded first, given some behind the scenes stuff, but I wanted to hold up on that. Because it does talk about it talks about black issues and specifically being like black and queer and type of community and stuff. And I feel like that's a really good conversation to have and a really important one right now. I just don't personally feel well equipped enough to ha have this conversation at the moment, especially with everything that's going on right now. And so I'm None waiting. Of us are black. Yes, and so I'm waiting until I have done more protest, so I, I have interacted with more people um, to have a more articulate viewpoint and to be speaking not just as some like white dude that like knows some racial politics, but actually being able to talk to people which this actually affects and not just being able to read the historical stuff like MLK, for instance, or WB the boy. Imagine being a white dude. I know, kind of. Mm. Uh, can I stop? Can I stop that? I At least one part of it. Being a white dude. Oh, you can maybe you can stop being a dude. Domo arigato, Mr. Roboto. You can Domo be a robot. I listened to Sticks a lot as a child, and Ronnie is roboting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. I am not a robot. You're a robot. I mean, I am autistic, so. Great, now you're making me ableistic. Huh? I, I'm not making the ableism. The ableist Shit. made the ableism. Oh, so you mean... Is Ronnie speaking right now? Right? So they 
went meep. You hear those dogs? Yeah, I this can't is hear them. this is fun. My name is Jeffrey. I I don't know if we're getting competing audio files, but I cannot really hear them, and everything is hear. not great. I can hear Jeffrey. So I can't hear Ronnie. They're all right, speaking. I'm just gonna. I'm just. I don't know if Ronnie can hear me, but if Ronnie can, I think it might be time to end this pre-show and tip it to a nice hot or cold, if you prefer, product. And we're surface. Oh. oh, okay. So, <clears throat> what you're saying is we should give money to uh, Black Lives Matter charities? Hell yeah. Yeah. And also occasional, some like specific GoFundMes, but there's, there's so many things to shout out. Yeah. So, you can find some links on our tweeters. Yeah, probably we'll, all. All when of this our... episode drops, we'll probably all like retweet uh, links from the podcast Twitter. That'll have a bunch of resources, and if you can support those financially, or just share them to get to people who can support it financially, or both, um, would be greatly appreciated. A little more context of why we're making this episode. I, I don't believe that we shouldn't be making content at this point in time. I feel like not everything can be focused on this one issue entirely at the moment. People need some sort of escapism. I recently quit Twitter because I needed some sort of an escape from all of the shit that was happening. Because it just has gone super fucking bad recently. and It, it got stressful and hurt my mental health. And so I, I took a break, but Having some escapism right now is good, and it's Pride Month, so we're going to talk about a movie that we're probably just going to shit on and talk about how gay it is. <laughs> it is, in fact, pretty freaking gay. It's more gay than our friend who is the Spider-Man of the gays. So... We're gonna spoil the stupid shit that happened. Like, a full full disclosure, I don't remember liking this movie. I did watch this movie pre like recognition that I was a queer person, and watched it when I was like fourteen, fifteen, and like I just thought it was stupid. Maybe I'll like it a little bit more because I'll find it more hilarious and yeah. like bearable to watch. But I I don't have a great memory of this movie it's my it's it's not my least favorite nightmare on elm street movie that's dream child it took me four separate viewings between a, like a period of two years to finish that movie that's me dream child disappointing my parents since 1996 you disappoint robert evans and rachel quirky's Jank? Yes. I mean, has Robert Evans ever replied to you on Twitter? Yes. Well, then how do you disappoint him? Malachi, has Robert Evans ever replied to you on Twitter? No. It's it's the founder of the Bob Evans Corporation. Malachi, <laughs> you wouldn't understand. <laughs> We're sorry that Podcast Daddy doesn't talk to you. They sell... 
breakfast, foods, and machetes. I don't know, podcast daddy. I hated I'm, saying that sentence. I never knew my podcast daddy. Come on, the fucking podcast, you coward. Ooh, podcast first daddy. First you... <laughs> because of this tangent, I am gonna say this. I... When this episode comes out, the first five people that tag me with like a like a donation thing of like, hey, I donated, and you could even just private message me this. Absolutely, I will match said donation to whatever charity you choose. And Hell if you can't, yeah. Just be like, if I could, I'd give X amount of, you know. I apologize for that tangent. No, we get the tangent's fine, but also uh, support black lives and just even if you show solidarity like to another human being who happens to be black, support you have done something. Businesses. What? Support black businesses. Yes. Like, there's so many things you can be doing right now that can help and not everyone has to be like doing protests has to be like writing music and has to be doing all of these things that like you have a lane you there is only a certain amount of things that you can realistically do before it starts becoming harm to yourself because there's so many different avenues that you can take that you have to be able to say, hey, this is all that I can do, but I'm going to do the most that I can. And I feel like in times like this, this leads a lot of mainly allies into feeling somewhat guilty. And I, I did this, and it's not the white guilt of like, like not that shit. It was just guilty because I had a lot of things and I couldn't realistically do all of the things I wanted to do. Um... And I understand that some people are going to go through that, and it's got to be okay. You can't do everything. It's hard not to want to do everything, but it's just realistically impossible to do everything. So whatever you can do is greatly appreciated, but you literally are only one person. You can't cover every single thing that needs to be done. And thank uh, you for whatever help you give to people. I'm as many people as I want to be, Malachi. I'd, I, I don't know Malachi. I don't know Ronnie. Uh, we are Legion. We are many. I'm not a person. I am but one, apparently. <laughs> I, I'm not a people. I'm an elf. I am not a people. I am a place. I am New Jersey. Ever... Are you cutting this? Whoopsie. Um, do we want to do ads on something where we talk about this? I mean, it won't be the ad immediately after this, but there will be ads on this episode. But that's just because of how tiny we are. Yeah. And don't, we don't are hate the, us. We are the types of people who donate to charity. Yes. So us after... getting money from the corporation spotify uh and then giving it to charity yes we will give all yes. of our two dollars to to, to <laughs> charity 
all of our two dollars we can't access yet. Yes. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um. Yeah, I. I think, like personally, I don't have an income at the moment, but uh, think I might be getting a job pretty soon. And when when I am, I for the foreseeable future until we get things relatively calm and justice is served in this country, I'll be regularly donating to Black Lives Matter charities. Yeah. If if all dozen of you can uh, just donate and like share links and stuff, that would be great. Donate. We're gonna... Shame Jeffrey into donating also, you know. Yeah. The we're, we're gonna watch we're gonna watch the movie now. Uh so you should go do that too if you haven't already. Also, uh, if you like Nightmare on Elm Street and you've seen a lot of the movies, or if you just uh, enjoy seeing like documentaries about filmmaking, if you go on YouTube, there's an almost four-hour documentary about uh, the, like the Nightmare on Elm Street movies as a whole. It's called Never Sleep Again. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's illegally uploaded. Uh, I'm not sure. I'm positive. Uh, there will be a link to that in the show notes. Be yeah, gay, yeah. watch documentary. So the first about like 44 minutes are about the first movie, that which is that section is so interesting. You actually have Wes Craven. You have Robert England. Rest in peace, Wes Craven, by the way. Fucking, right. I, it makes me sad. He's been dead for like five years, but I still get sad every time I think about it. Podcast, uh, Hug Malachi. Yeah. Podcast. Hey, Malachi. Why are you podcast hugging? We're all in the same location. Oh, yeah, true. I'm going to punch Jeffrey in the face for... Ow! I muted for some reason. So, so You still punched me. Yeah. So, I, as I was saying, uh, in the Never Sleep Again video that will be in the there's in some sort of link that you people can access. It'll be uh, on our website. <laughs> Don't be on our Twitters, probably. At least be on mine. I'll try to remember to do that when this episode comes I'll, out. I'll actually make show notes this time. It'll be on our Tumblr. <laughs> uh, around the 44-minute mark is where uh, you start having the conversation about this film. And it's really... And some of the stuff that I'm going to be talking about in the, in the part after we watch the movie, I'm going to be referencing that. So if, if you don't want to watch it, valid, but I'm going to be talking about the shit anyway, so you might as well watch it. Yeah, go do that. You're valid. Uh, we love you. We're going to go yay. watch the movie. Yay! yay. Oh, Malachi dropped. And um, scene. Okay, good. Bye. Love you. Oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Rick, 
Our show sure is woke sometimes. Ha 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 bye. I I just let that happen. I don't know what happened, but I just kinda let it happen. Yes. Because Wait. this is Cannabis, Cocktails and Cinema. Boom. The only yeah. show that brings together a, a stoner, a, a whiskey daddy, and a, a cinephile to not talk about movies. <laughs> to yeah. vaguely talk. I want to talk about this movie mainly because it's a clusterfuck of things. And the production of it is fucking hilarious. <laughs> see, see, we show up when it's a bad movie to talk about the movie. You know, like okay. examples like Joker. End of right. list. I think I took more notes on this than I did Joker. Actually, no. Technically, this is just a New Line Cinema movie, and now it's technically a Warner Brothers movie. Yeah. No, well, yeah, Warner Brothers owns New Line, though, so. Yeah. They bought it in the. I want to see the 90s. That's Wikipedia corner of this shit, because. Rachel's our mom now, so we're allowed to steal from her purse, right? Um, I, I don't think that's how that works. The last <laughs> time I did this, I was told, Jeffrey, how could you steal $100 from your grandmother? Oh. Okay. <laughs> uh, it was acquired by Turner Broadcasting uh, System in 1994, and then Turner mixed with Time Warner, now Warner Media in 1996. And ah. then New Line merged with Warner Brothers, like, New Line now doesn't exist anymore in 2008. God, this is so... Companies are dumb. Yeah, they are. Um, so... so what you're saying is all companies are borderline meaningless? Yep. Yeah. They aren't people. All companies aren't people. ACAP. Not and cap. I ack. Ack. police. But you know what? We're not gonna fuck Meryl the... Streep looking chicks. Do we? <laughs> the sound. I was gonna say the soundtrack to this movie. They hired her because she looked like Meryl Streep. Oh, is that a thing? That's literally I, a thing in the Never Sleep okay. Again documentary. I did not. I only skimmed that. I was about to watch it, but then Jeffrey jumped into this call, so I was talking to Jeffrey, and then Malachi jumped in, so now I'm talking to both of them. And I, Morty did, Smith and I got his grandpa were here. It was weird. Did I, I mention the notes. Meryl Streep thing with me? I think I have. Uh, which thing? They went to my high school. Oh, oh shit. That's true. Um. So, where do we want to start? Uh, cause like I could just go through my notes and talk about these. Talk about some of the good stuff first. Um, that scream. (laughs) The gay shit's really good. It's really. Oh God, there's. I'm on the fence about that. Uh, Same. I like like existing. I like it that it exists. The movie... Okay, this is weird. I love this movie, but it's so bad. It's a shitty movie. Yeah. It's a movie... But it's not shitty because it's gay. 
that's just shows how incompetent because spoiler alert the people who made this movie didn't realize they were making a really gay movie more on that later except for the ones who did more on that later yeah and the ones who were assholes yeah Yeah. and the ones who are victims yeah um ours we like to call them marks wait what's the guy's name again the actor Groucho. Uh, mark penn did you say mark yes oh wow we're talking about uh our main character jesse yeah i have nothing against mark penn but oh my god he's not good in this movie he's really bad he's very gay in this movie he's very he's gay and that's not the problem movies. It's his everything else. Acting is so not great, and his acting isn't gay enough. I, the, the the one of the things that I did see was the um, Robert Downey Jr. drove me to my audition. No, oh, wait, that was that played... was the guy who played Grady. Sorry, and yeah. that was at the same time, so I got things. That confused. was uh, Ron. Yeah, Ron Grady. Um, so. Can we just talk about how this movie is like an eighties stereotype? Grady, Ron. Grady, like the first Ron. one is very eighties, has very like synth style like soundtrack. It's very of the eighties and it's very emblematic of them. But this second film just feels like eighties schlock. Yeah. I mean they, it, it, Sorry, you go. They no you. I, I was gonna mention a like a minor <laughs> detail in uh, Grady's bedroom. movie came out in the most 80s year ever 1985 god damn it isn't that the here wait i gotta look that up before i say anything i'm still preoccupied 1985 oh no with the posters that were in grady's bedroom i have no idea what the fuck you people are talking about well Um... i've seen all the classics i know every line breakfast club pretty in pink fast times at richmond high and even St. Elmo's Fire. Did your dreams go out the door? When I turned 24? Yes, I they don't... do. That That's legally that happens. I've only been with one man. What happened to my plan? Oof. Oof. Is this song about me? Uh, no, it's about me. Uh, are you sure? I'm pretty sure you're still 23. And as the, as the winner of that, I will now inform you of my eagle-eyed watching of Ron Grady's bedroom. So he doesn't oh. even he doesn't even have a good David Bowie poster. He has the album artwork for tonight. Okay, the follow-up to Let's Dance, which isn't the worst album he put out in the nineteen eighties, but like holy fuck, dude. Also, Power Station, which, um, fucking, I have a weird appreciation for Robert Palmer, but, like, what even is Power Station? Uh, it's, uh, it's, um, the powerful version of that alien from Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. I thought you were gonna, like, Wikipedia that and just be like, Power Station were in 80s. 
Uh, one second. I, I wanted to make the joke. Uh, the rule of funny takes precedence. Uh, sir and or madam? No. The Power Station were an English-American rock 1980s and 1990s supergroup formed in New York City and London in 1984. Made of singer Robert Palmer, former Chick drummer Tony Thompson, and Duran Duran members John Taylor on bass and Andy Taylor on guitar. No relation. No relation. Um, that's your power station. Uh, nice. The, the, power, <laughs> the power station was named after the power station recording studio where their album was conceived and recorded. So. <sighs> it's just Duran Duran. Can we, can we talk about. Which is. I know I gotta, that. Wait. Malachi, first, I gotta say this. I thought I'd get a hand on a member of Duran Duran. Um, I'm like, huh, we're talking about gay stuff in 1985. I feel like that's an important year in queer history. It's the year that Ronald Reagan finally admitted that there was an AIDS crisis or talked about AIDS in a public oh, speech. because his gay friends started dying? Or died? Uh, in, yeah, in 85, he first recognizes it in a in a public press conference, and then he makes multiple speeches in 1987. What a fucking piece of shit. Yeah, Ronald Reagan's a piece of shit. Can Fuck we go pee on his grave? I'm not, um... I'm gonna say... Hard, maybe. Did I... Er... This is... This, this would take us down such a tangent, but I have a story involves... That, that that reminded me involving Joker and also defecating on graves. I, I'll save it for off camera. <laughs> I have a story involving uh, peeing on something that belongs to a president. <laughs> Oof. Um, also, my story ended up with one of my friends in a documentary. Nice. Oh. Um. Was it's the the uh, uh, G.G. Allen one? Yes. Uh, yeah, cool. Wait, okay. I need to say something. I suffer for you listeners out there. I tallied every time that there was a new sweaty guy on camera by costume change or scene change. Not, and shirtless men. I mean, there's you one guess thing how many times there's a sweaty guy or a shirtless man on screen? 69. That's too high. I counted 20. a collection of them as one. Which uh, one do you say 20 on? Uh, sweaty. Sweaty has 13. I went a little over, but... Shirtless yeah. Men has 17, and that's being generous on my part. I mean, there's a there's a pool party, you know? Well, yeah, I didn't count every single man because that would be unfair to the movie, I think. To be fair, the pool party is one, right? Yeah, and then, well, when they break it up, I, I still count it as one. I, yeah. I didn't want to be pedantic about it. I was it, like, being a dick. Um, but, but, like, God, this oh, movie's so gay. What is with the underwear? There's multiple things with the underwear. It's weird. This movie, oh, God, there's so much. This movie has the most deaths in the Nightmare on Elm Street series. I'm not surprised. And the it's... least amount of tits. Well, Okay, so 
We need to talk about Freddy. Uh, okay, are we going to do that to start with? Because that's my favorite part. I was making a... to save that to the end. I was making a play on the we need to talk about Kevin. Ah, we need to talk about he Jesse. he needs a bunch of teenagers. We need to talk about Harry. <laughs> uh, hey, we need to talk about Joseph. Also, would it, would it look like it was... How do I say this? I think it would have been more compelling if it just looked like Jesse, if that makes sense. Like, you still have... Yeah. You still show Freddy, but like what they're seeing is Jesse. I think that would have been interesting. It also been more interesting. I think we all we had a death in like. I feel like these took people like thirty five to, to forty five minutes to like have a death scene. It's just like, guys, the first one had it in like the first like fifteen minutes. You gotta get our attention fast. As someone who hallucinates voices and things and people, um. I know a thing or two about terrifying shit. Why is it horror movies always seem to not, like, do things that are horrifying? This I mean, movie fuck, it's your job! <sighs> Fuck's sake! One thing that I do like is that, so, in the beginning, and so they can book in this at the end, too, spoiler alert for the ending, I guess. Uh, <laughs> uh, at the beginning, there's a bus scene that Jesse's having a nightmare, and Freddy Krueger's driving the bus. But actually, you can see when he's like getting on the bus, if you look at the driver, it looks like Robert England without makeup on. And how he just has like the hair that he had at the time and stuff. It's just like, hey, I see what you did. I appreciate that little fact that I paid attention to for absolutely no reason. It looks like Robert England because it is. Yeah, it's just like Oh, okay. So by by the way, in the uh, in that bus, first bus scene where he's like wearing the glasses and Jesse's like very insecure and everything, uh, he's just bad. It's just terrible. It's he's just acting very bad. I don't know what uh fuck. What's this dumbass's name? Jack uh shoulder, the guy who directed the movie. I don't know what he said for Mike Penn to do, but um. It didn't, or Mark, not Mike. Oops, I fucked up. Uh, Mark Penn to do. Like, what the fuck? I don't understand what, like, the thought process on most of what made this movie a movie. To stay in the closet. So, while we're talking about crazy shit, did you guys notice the semi-racist cereal? Yeah. The Fu Man? on choose. <laughs> and it has the fucking, like... Wait. Is that a pun too? Um, it's bad and it's racist. I they, genuinely did not. Because like it's uh, like it's... a racial stereotype and then the prize of the box is like like the finger like the plastic like fingertip like kids like kids shit or they usually have like monsters on the end they're like finger puppets but it's like elongated nails and it's like oh it's supposed to be like Freddy Krueger but like guys that's that's a little racist don't you think at the very beginning when Jesse's waking up and screaming I think that's where it is whenever his sister has cereal it's a cereal his sister has and it like is Fu Manchu's oh no I don't I don't doubt it I was just I did not notice the cereal just from there's a weird family dynamic 
And by weird, I mean abusive. Yeah, his parents are uh, very clearly homophobic. His dad's a little, uh, I don't like him. I almost like his mom. Yeah. The parents are weird. They are, they are way more involved than they should be. So, by comparison, like, the original Nightmare on Elm Street, her dad's a cop, and so it makes sense that he's, like, kind of involved in everything that's happening with all of her friends dying. I mean, it makes thematic sense. I don't... These people can't make movies that well. They're so incompetent. But I want to finish, like, the summary of the movie and events that happened that are fucking insane. And then talk about the production behind them. Wait, we talk about movies? Sometimes. We try I want to, to talk about this movie because it infuriated me, but also I love it. It's weird. I have to, like, detail out why I feel this way. Because I don't want it to come off as, like, oh, hey, this movie's really gay and it's, like, and it's terrible. I don't want it... I don't want the assumption to be it's bad because it's really gay. That's the best part of this movie yeah. besides Freddy. No, this Kay. movie's great because it's gay, but it sucks because it's a little homophobic in places, you know? And it also is just, like, badly directed, badly written, badly acted. Yeah. Uh, yes. Special effects are good for the most part. Some of it's shit. Malachi, here's, here's, my, here's my challenge for you. Can you summarize the movie in three minutes or less? Um, tell me when... Three-minute timer. Go! Um, okay, so... Jesse is a closeted gay man who's in love with his uh, friend Grady, who ha they have a weird relationship. Uh, he's... He, uh, he meets Lisa, and he's good friends. He's, uh, she's his beard. Um, uh, there's a scene that's like Birdemic, that happens in the living room with the parakeet. Um, and Freddy's trying to come back with into Jason's body. Um, I'm trying to read some of my notes. Uh, at one point, Jesse says to Grady after leaving Lisa uh, before they were to fuck because Freddy came through him. He says, and I quote, something is trying to get inside my body. And Grady says in response, so you're yeah. trying to sleep with me. So you're trying to sleep with me. That's one of the gayest things I've ever heard, and I love it. He also says things like, don't let me leave. <laughs> he then kills uh, Grady with, uh, with Freddy arm that pops out. And it's one of the better special effects you have... Uh, like knives coming out the tip of his fingers. It's, it's very reminiscent of American Werewolf in London, but um, it's interesting. Um, Jesse's bad at acting. Uh, he meets Lisa again, and he's about to turn to Freddy. And he says, and I quote, he owns me, which is also very unintentionally funny because it's unintentionally gay. Um, he becomes Freddy. He ends up killing a bunch of kids at a house party that he was previously at and tried to fuck Lisa at. Uh, I skipped a lot of shit because it's boring and not necessary to the plot, really, in my opinion. Uh, then they go to a boiler, the boiler where uh, Freddy was originally killed those kids. Um, there's weird dogs with uh, people faces. How much time do I have left? About, About a, minute. a minute. Yeah. Okay, so there's weird dogs with people faces that should have had better special effects, but they didn't. And then there's a mutant rat that gets eaten by a mutant cat, and it's real weird and stupid. 
Um, then she just saves him from becoming a gay man, apparently, and he stops being Freddy, and Freddy dies, and Jason or Jesse. I keep fuck. Okay, I thought for like the first like ten minutes his name was Jason because they fucking couldn't enunciate, and I'm like, is his name Jesse or Jason? What the fuck? Anyway, um, so I so at the end I just wrote in quotes. Why do they both live? I hate the ending. And then uh, at the end credits, you had, did you ever, uh, did you ever seen a dream walking by Bing Crosby? And I actually kind of like it. I just, it doesn't fit with the other music in the film. And so I wish they would have set that up a bit better because I do like it. Um, overall, this movie, this movie like has like the plot of any average bad horror movie. But it's gay there. Yes. Um, you did it. Yes, and There's... to celebrate, we're going to have a big old glass of sponsored content. Oh, really? Yes. Mm. Yummy. Yummy, yummy, yummy. yummy. Yeah. <laughs> I just took a hit of this dizzy. It's monster us, dizzy. Please. Uh, uh. <laughs> All right, here's the anchor ad. I'm gonna hit the stop recording button. Wake up, Jesse, wake up. It's me, your good friend Ron Grady. Hi, what's up, I'm Ron. You wanna sleep with me? What's up? This role is really easy for me to play. Douchey, kind of, but nice. Named Ronnie. Okay, got it. Very easy. Guy wants to sleep with me. Girl wants to sleep with me. Got it. Andy wants to sleep with me. Cool. There's a Rest. scene in this movie where they play baseball, and Jesse gets hit in the fucking head, and it's one of the most hilarious things I've ever seen. Like, just how he falls. It looks like it's from a comedy film. I want to take scenes from this movie, but replace the score, that which I do not like in this movie, with, like, comedy music. Because there are some moments where it's absolutely fucking hilarious. Wait, this wasn't a comedy? I wish it was. It, w- it would have been funnier, probably. Um, Like, while we're talking about the score, I don't like the score for this movie. I feel like it's trying too hard at times. Like, it's trying to pull the scene, but the visuals don't match, so the music seems really fucking off. Maybe if I just listened to the soundtrack to this movie, like, the original composition, I could, like, listen to it and be like, huh, maybe that's a good composition on its own. But, like, as a composition within the film, it sucks. I, I, like, all of the music in this movie, I think, is done poorly, either by the music itself is bad for the scene or that they didn't establish the music to sound good within the scene. Like, at being Crosby at the end. Like, the only thing that they did to have that kind of feel at the credits was the Benny Goodman stuff at the at the fucking pool party, but, like, that get that's not even for, like, five minutes, really, in the film. Like, it's on for maybe five minutes total, and then it's switched, and then it's 80s music for, like, the same amount of time. So I just don't I don't understand why the music in this thing works. Jeffrey? Yes? Do you have any counterpoints to what this... I mean, uh... like, it's less counterpoints and more just, um... 
I do, I like the counterbalance of sounds to where it kind of, how do I say this? Uh, there's an approach, it seems like, with the, the more the score of the film, of like these more, like more of this acoustic approach, uh, or at least this is someone else's phrasing of it. But I like that contrast between the 80s music than the kind of more, broadly speaking, jazz, but not really. Um, early times music and then just kind of this acoustic dreamlike just scape where every I just I like that contrast but I more so just it's one of the few things that on its own seems to be competently put together the score you know it's, it's like the 80s songs that they pick just seem like a random like oh we can we can afford that we'll we'll use it this this song's called I'm Touching Myself. We're assholes. Let's use that. It doesn't seem like there's much thought into... That's an actual song in the film. It doesn't yeah. seem like there was much thought into the 80s songs that they picked. But it did seem like there was intention with the score itself. I'm touching myself right now. Okay. The original Nightmare on Elm Street score is like synth 80s and it fills the movie with dread and it sets the tone of the movie it pairs with it well this movie like this score does not do that at all for me it just it's sound that's happening that doesn't match the visuals of the scene and so it's very distracting because it's trying to show something it makes more sorry no you're fine go ahead it makes more sense to me to have a when you're working with dreams to kind of work with more just like landscape kind of like stuff, like how do I, I'm going to quote from a, a review that describes the soundtrack of a sinister, a sinister suite of dreamy atmospheric melodies slashed by outbursts of dissidents that bring to mind killer Freddy Krueger's homicidal claws. Like I, I do enjoy, like, synth stuff, but, like, I feel like if you're not using synth stuff with the right mentality, you can easily go off the rails, and this yeah. was, it like, a... I'm not saying it's better, I'm just saying I feel like this is one of the few things that was made with, like, an, I- like an idea of what they were doing, you know? The film itself wasn't, and that's probably why they don't match up well. Yeah, because... Are like, cool. The score is reminiscent of, to my knowledge, not... It, it doesn't stand out to me. Like, the opening of Nightmare on Elm Street, that score stands out, and it's fantastic, and it sets the atmosphere and the mood. This movie, I would hear the score, and I'm like, this is why people can't listen to atonal music. It's because they have these associations with horror movies with shitty scores. That's just what I felt when I heard the score in this movie, because I would just hear the dissonance. I'm like, this sounds like every, any other horror movie. This is bad. I don't like it. This and this not in like a horror movie good, because like, for instance, uh, The Shining and I believe The Exorcist both use Pendereki, rest in peace. One of one of the greater uh, composers of the later 20th century. I it's just come on, guys, we can do better. <laughs> I'm trying to give the film something. I have things that I like about this movie, but I have to talk about all of the shit in it. 
because there's so much that I dislike, but there are things that I enjoy. I do enjoy watching this film, but oh my god, there's so much. Malachi. I'm losing my mind. I have to to say this. You, You like and hate this film because the main character is a bad metaphor for you in some ways. Some yep i have i have words on that i have it during the production stuff because yeah, y- you know what i'm i'm talking about the uh bisexual but in a heterosexual relationship reading yeah but in this situation it's a suppressing your gayness to be in the straight relationship but you're bi and that always springs up and freddy represents gayness mm-hmm. in this version of the metaphor it, which, by the way, every reading of this, there's like a good chance that that is the correct one because nobody agrees on which one was intended, is yeah. my understanding. Um, okay, question. Sorry, this is tangential to what the point you were just saying is. Uh, but there's a... Co- like, people in the 80s just get to smoke wherever the fuck they wanted. Yeah. Like, there's just a coach. Like, maybe yeah. that's just a thing that yeah, I. Yeah, no, it was just. Like... There, there, it was less restrictive uh, where you could smoke. It was just kind of. You could smoke in. Uh, you could smoke as a high school student. Yeah, there were still certain, like, uh, maybe you shouldn't smoke here, but it wasn't like you shouldn't smoke in public. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it was up. It was basically up to the, the discretion of where you were. Um. It was state by state and county by county and shit, but, like, schools had, like, smoking zones, and that it was a field, right? Or was it inside? It was in the locker room when oh, the coach that, is smoking. I'm like, why are you smoking inside that, the school? What the it, fuck? A locker room might be one of the places that it would just be okay to smoke. It. Speaking of the locker room, can we talk about the uh, shower scene? The... The scene that you left out of your summary? Uh, yes. Release the Snyder Cut! God damn it. I love... So one of the other things that I saw in the documentary that just... I I hate it, and I also love it, and I was laughing about this. Mm -hmm. The actor who played Coach Snyder was just like, (laughs) I just thought it was a a horror scene. I just... I. I didn't realize it was kinky. Well, yeah, the the person who filmed it was like, I didn't think about this as being really gay. And then after, like, people talked about it, I'm like, oh, wait, that's pretty gay. <laughs> it's just like, do you have no self-awareness? What the hell? Why did he have to be naked? What the fuck is self-awareness? Also release the Snyder Cut. Release it. Just wait. In like 50 years, I'm sorry, w- one year, maybe. And while you're at it, release the Zemeckis cut. Never going to happen. So there's a scene in this movie where Jesse is in a biology class, I think, and a snake crawls up him and <laughs> almost chokes him. It seems no homo, though. Scare. Is that... Is, so for my notes for that scene, I wrote, snake equals cock question mark? That's basically the only reading is snake is phallic? Shrugs? That's the only reading I've ever seen is maybe this is something 
but this could also just be nothing. Can can we talk about the infamous dance scene from this movie? The one where he's dancing to gay club music in his bedroom? If it was better music, I feel like it wouldn't have been as much of a thing. Like, I don't... Like, it, it, it's kind of goofy. I don't... What, what, I, what, I like what's that doing part. a dance? I like that. Yeah. I yelled, what is happening alone in my house when that scene came on? I forgot it happened. I was so fucking confused. He just, like, runs upstairs pouty because his dad won't let him see Lisa. Uh, which is the beard that I mentioned earlier. Uh, <laughs> and... He like goes upstairs to like start unpacking his room, and he's wearing these like really shitty sunglasses, and he's like dancing. Uh, it's so gay, and I I just I just yell, "What is happening?" to myself. I I couldn't comprehend what was happening. Well, you see, gay. Yes, that that. That's that about uh, sums it up. Can we? There are multiple scenes in this movie where Jesse just like trips or falls or gets hurt or something. He's a fucking klutz this entire goddamn. Don't you know gay people fall over all the time? Ask Votion. Well, I mean, isn't it a horror thing of just like, oh, you're constantly falling? Yeah, that, that too. But also, uh, they they gave him a lot of a. Uh... A lot of effeminate traits that are from horror movies, you know? Yeah, Lisa and uh, Jesse are just gender-swapped, really. Yeah. The first real... male Scream Queen. Somebody kill me in a video game. Scream Queen. God damn it. Did, Ooh, uh, so... did, I, did, I, did I make a goof? Maybe, but I just okay. wanted to say Squeam Queen. Uh, okay. Can we talk about the Birdemic scene? I. So I like. I, I was. So I f fell asleep watching this movie twice. And one of the times I said that this is some Birdemic shit. And yeah, there's a fucking bird. And it's. It's like it's trying to play homage to the birds, but it's actually inspiring Birdemic. Was it? That was... Is that supposed to be Freddy Krueger, like, embodying the bird and just fucking with them? I don't... I don't know. The bird I, fucking explodes, and feathers fall from the ceiling it's in just, front of in the camera. It's so It's funny. such an uninspired movie. Someone throw that bird at me in Minecraft. Um, so, I'm looking through my notes chronologically. After the bird falling scene, Jesse Yellow literally humans. wakes up sweaty and shirtless like he does, like, five or six times in this fucking movie. It's so hilarious that they're like, uh, hmm, you know, let's just have a bunch of sweaty shirtless men this entire movie. What's totally wrong. not gay, though. What's wrong with that, though? It's... It's more of just the astounding, like, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just, it's, it's unintentional. So it's just, I don't know how you can make this and not realize how gay it is. Malachi, Malachi. I often wake up sweaty and shirtless 
Do you have a problem with May Malachi? Malachi, why do you hate this movie for being queer? I don't. I love the fact that it's queer. I want a fucking remake of this movie that's yeah. actually good, that covers these topics well. After I watched a couple of video essays on this movie, I said to uh, Rosie Lynn, uh, who played Lazzie in uh, the D&D campaign we used to be a part of, uh, that I wanted to make, or, or was it their partner, June? One of the two. Uh, I said that I wanted to make a horror movie that was gayer than Nightmare on Elm Street 2. Th- that can be done. Yeah. Let's go. Let's do it. Jesse goes to a literal, like, S&M bar. Leather bar, yay! Just randomly. Leather daddies everywhere. I'll Release just... the Snyder Cuts! I just love how it's just like, I'll take a beer, and then it's the the thing of just like, oh no, your teacher caught you getting a beer at a gay bar, and then takes you to the showers. You know, the classic joke. It happens all the time, right? Um... Anyway, so my notes where I have positive things to say. Anyway, so my vice principal in middle school <laughs> oh, no. went to jail. Oh, go on. Nope. I don't like that. That just ends with went to jail. Yep. Why do you go to jail? Wouldn't you like to know? Yeah. <laughs> Who's to say why you went to jail? But like... Ooh, cookies. Raytheon sent me these cookies. And, uh... Yeah. Alrighty. I have notes about the movie that are positive now. I think all of the notes I have in the actual movie part are positive, and then I just have facts about what people in the production said. All um, right. Go off, Kang. So there's a scene... So the scene where Freddy is coming out of Jason... Jason. Should, should have had not... coming out by Gloria Gaynor in it. Uh, coming out of Jesse. Uh, and there's this. Girl. There's this like uh there's this practical effect of like Jesse like transforming and like at one point you see like Freddy's eye move like in his mouth and it's good. I like it. That I like was pretty some cool. good practical effects. There's actually a lot of good like the transformation stuff looks really good. Um My dogs are barking. I wish this movie had more Freddy, but when he's on screen, it's really enjoyable because Robert England's just a joy to watch on screen. Um, there's a shot where it's like a close up on Freddy's face while he's like trying to get Lisa, where uh, it like it's like a close up of like his nose and mouth, I think, and uh, and he like barely moves his lips, and he's uh, and it's uh, Jesse's voice saying, "Kill me, Lisa," and it's really good and effective. And kill I got... me, Lisa. But it wasn't that. But it wasn't whiny like he was supposed to. The movie. Oh jeez, Lisa, kill me. Um, as much as this movie is a wild departure from the first movie, it still feels like a Nightmare on Elm Street movie because of the sequels that are bad as well. 
but like this a lot of people say that this movie is like a departure from the like form of the original which it totally is but it falls in line with the sequels that try to like reinvent the formula it still has some of that stuff one of the most important things about this movie is that it makes freddy more talkative and it starts to actually shape the character going on forward in the series Oh, jeez, so, Rick, remember that time we were chased by that ripoff of Freddy Krueger and he, he just kept saying bitch? Oh, jeez, that was that was wild, right? We were inceptioning my math teacher. Oh, jeez. Rick? I just see an old guy who's just, like, incredibly disappointed. B- buddy, do you, want, do you want a drink? We got whiskey. Oh, jeez, I'll, I'll take a... Uh, I, 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 I drank all your whiskey. Oh, but the... Grandpa! Well, what the fuck, Rick? Sucked ass. Rick, Rick, you have a problem. You have a serious problem. Nope. No, I'm, I'm gonna eat... I'm gonna eat a pickle candy. Oh, jeez, Rick. You're gonna eat candy made of scientists? Yep. Fun, fun, funniest shit I've ever seen. Morty. Oh, jeez, Rick. We... Do, do you think they're going to convince Malachi to watch our show? And, and, and tell him that it's woke? Nope. I, no. I but, will not watch it. I tried. I watched your first season. I thought it wasn't that good, and so I didn't oh, watch more. Oh, 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 oh. But we, we, we've changed. <sighs> Fucking bisexuals. All they do is eat hot chip and lie. Uh, bye. No, I don't. Wink. Bye, old man. Okay. Oh, He's uh, going Rick. back to his ship, I think. Uh, I, be- I better follow him. Uh, thanks for the uh. The wait, did we did we give alcohol to a minor? It's it's cool. According to the Federation, I'm uh 25. Please leave. Bye. I. How you know, that classic joke. The what? The federation that... Of that, what? That, of pants? Whatever federation said that that dude's 25. The federation of pants? The one that have the Death Star that can't destroy pants, but only if they're by a specific brand? Wranglers or some shit? I feel like Malachi is just having a strong and is deeply confused. So we've yes. got a cure for that, and that's a cocktail that I made called Freddy's Revenge, the original cocktail by me, Jeffrey Patron, that I definitely created. Is it just going to be a hanky panky in our society again? Fuck you. <laughs> it's the same clip too it's just like badly dubbed like freddy's revenge an original drink <laughs> okay uh fuck all of you <laughs> it's it's oh. gonna be great uh anyways uh we have this ad uh from raytheon and it says hey uh oh it says here that they're almost done with their last thing that they're going to do ever. I don't know what that means. And it says, well, 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 at the end of it. 
And it says, Love uh, Raytheon. Anyway, here's a cocktail. Who names a fucking well love? I don't know. I just, I don't. <sighs> Why is this all lore? I don't. In Nightmare on Elm Street 2. The lore implications. Lore implications are tight. Cocktail. But no Cannabis. gay. No homo. No homo? No no homo. It just, it's just a cock and a tail. Oh, no. That is going to go in my mouth. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> Jeffrey, what the fuck? All right, on today's cocktail, we have Jesse's Nightmare or Freddy's Revenge. I'm kind of going back and forth on which one to call this, but to make this drink, you'll need two ounces of coffee liqueur. I used a split of one ounce of Mr. Black Cold Brew and one ounce of Bebo. I'm not sure how to say that, but Bebo? Screw it. Uh, Cuban coffee liqueur. A splash of simple syrup, one dash of chocolate bitters, one ounce of mezcal. I threw that into a cold shaker tin. I used four ice cubes in total, two smaller cubes that were themselves both crushed, and then two whole cubes. Strain that. I did. And then enjoy it. Optionally, you can put a dash, a healthy dash, of cayenne pepper, really any kind of uh, pepper spice confection over the drink as a final not quite garnish but yeah that's about it enjoy it and back to the show and we're back noise Nice. That was a great drink, but you know what's also great? Talking about who wrote this fucking note? Talking about production, the means of production. Yes, we need to seize them. Malachi, so, uh, why are you David, writing my notes? David Chaskin is uh, the writer of this movie, and I don't like him very much. I have not read. I haven't like looked at the script itself, but it's not a good one based on what's in the film. Uh, Wes hated this movie, uh, and he also hated the script. <laughs> I wonder why. I feel Chaskin... like we got oh. some of the script in that documentary, and just the descriptions of the characters were just so like they were bad. Yes, they're so bad. Continue. Um. Cheskin originally wanted to like the concept for this movie is like oh I want to do like a Nightmare on Elm Street movie but it's possession so uh, Jack Shoulder our director originally AKA did Mr. Piece of Shit uh, yeah he's an idiot I don't like him um, he originally was making editing and making uh, trailers for New Line and then they're like huh how about you direct this movie so Nightmare on Elm Street was one of the hottest movies of the nineteen of like nineteen eighty four, and they're like, and New Line didn't make a lot of money from it because they had to like, essentially have so many other producers that they didn't end up making a lot back. So they're like, oh, we have the rights. I guess we have to make a sequel so we can like stay a company. And so they made the second one, and Wes 
hated that idea and didn't like it. And so they got someone who made trailers who didn't even like the original movie to direct it. Wait, did these people uh, stick around when New Line became part of Warner Brothers? Because, like, this sounds like some Suicide Squad shit. Like, because that movie was recut by a trailer house. If there's one thing you can almost always (laughs) expect, you can expect a, uh, a film company to make bad decisions when it comes to specifically films. Um, speaking of bad decisions, they decided that, like, they wanted something original, which that's rich coming from this movie. Um, so they didn't ask, uh, Helen Lingenkamp, who was, uh, Nancy in the first film, our main character. No one asked her to come back, and they didn't even want Robert England to come back, but then they realized that he, <laughs> that, uh, Freddy didn't act the same just because you didn't hire a fucking actor. <laughs> Yeah, I do like the the I there's I think there's there's potential in the idea of it's five years later the board has cleared and like it's just the same setup but like they don't do anything with it you know no. of, of note. It's it's just not good. They spit and shit on every, every like every idea that could have become something good they spit and they shit on it yeah um i don't know if you guys could tell but this movie had different uh had a different makeup artist uh for friday's makeup than the first one did and he had a very hard time because they didn't think this movie would be profitable so there weren't a lot of like photography taken of the makeup and so basically uh the person who took over from the original makeup artist basically just had to sculpt everything by look and feel of what they wanted i'm gonna make a a face that's gonna have things on it i'm good at my job we talked about the bird scene um the dad the guy who played the dad got a scar on his eye from that stupid parakeet (sighs) um so let's talk about this movie being very queer because I think it's very important because this movie is extremely queer. Mark Patton thinks that Jesse is gay. And uh, that's also because Mark was openly gay at the time. And well, wasn't Mark kind of closeted. Yeah. Here, I, I, and that's kind of one of my reasoning for saying the writers are fucking assholes. All right. The reason, no, no one knew that he was gay, but he was open according to what I have seen okay. in the documentary. I got, I got a breakdown. All right, so in New York, he was openly gay, but then he moved to LA, and his agents were like, "Go back in the closet, Efsler." So he was like, "Oh fuck, guess I'm gonna pretend to be straight." This but really a lot gay of people, movie. <laughs> like, kind of knew, you know. It was like an open secret if you knew who to ask, you know? Like, I don't think that he denied it to, like, people he became friends with or anything. The people in the production claim not to know. Yeah. Including, like, the director. Um, um, 
I doubt that. I, I believe it was the director said, or it was one of the main producers or, or something. I can't and remember exactly. Producers, I, I might believe. I don't believe the directors. No. So, um, Chaskin, our, our lovely, lovely, terrible writer, uh, one was, <laughs> goes up, like, they're talking about the gayness of the movies, like, okay, real talk. I, I wanted it to be, like, subtext. It was, like, the 1980s. The AIDS crisis was happening. I, I didn't think it would be so evident, which is really funny. <laughs> because it's so, like, oh, I just, fuck. like, it's not funny because it's queer. It's funny because it's queer unintentionally by a bunch of straight people. And then there are a few gay people who are um, intermixed, uh, like Mark Penn uh, was gay. The production uh, designer was gay. Uh, there's someone else in the production that was also queer. I don't. I think it was one of the actor. Other actors were also queer. Yeah, and I'll, this is one thing that uh, it's not like a specific uh, thing, but it's just I keep forgetting to bring it up. In the first ten minutes, uh, I kind of noticed this more at like the eleven minute mark. You have two characters just out of the blue, bringing up to the main, not to the main character, but in relation to the main character. Uh, hey, are you doing the sex? Did are you fucking? Yeah. And it makes it. I. I don't. I. I. I don't like when films are like that obvious. Like it's just so devoid of it has just no subtlety. Well, not only that, it's just so devoid. Of just of content, almost. I I don't it even know how no to describe science. it. Yes. So, but it's like it's not even like a potato chip. It's like it's like eating wood chips. <laughs> I'm gonna take a potato chip and eat it, uh, y'all. I was on Wikipedia, and did y'all know that uh, there's a book called Jesse's Lost Journal written by Mark Patton? No, I did not. All right. So in that book, do you know what one of the, Want to hear some of the details? Sure, that's interesting. Uh, hints that Jesse's father is a pedo. Yikes. Jesse's platonic love for Lisa. Yeah. His gay feelings for his classmate. Yeah, yeah. His feelings of Nancy Thompson is a kindred spirit. And there's a different conclusion in that Jesse supposedly kills Lisa Weber at the power plant rather than the film's final bus sequence. Oh, that's so much better. Is later revealed to have survived. And the remaining 38 entries are about Jesse's time in a psych ward uh, for killing Ron Grady and the apparent disappearance of Lisa's corpse. This I like kinda, that better than the actual ending. I, I, all of a sudden, I got this thing. Uh, Malachi, you might actually get a kick out of this because you like Allen Ginsberg. Are you familiar yep. with uh, Kill Your Darlings? Oh, yeah. I'm familiar I mean, with I, that. There's term. also a book. There, well, there's a movie that was based on this book oh, that frick. was that involves a young... It's basically based on events involving a young Allen Ginsberg and another person where... I don't want to spoil it, but something that... It reminds me of this in a weird way, and it deals with queerness. Oh, I also, uh, 
ended up on the fandom site for Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, for the uh, and I'm on the page for the book, and it's made up of 68 entries. But here are some of the quote differences from the film. Pardon the me, you roboted. Oh, sorry. Uh, here are some differences oh, from the no. film. The events in the book uh, take place in 82 instead of 86. Uh, Jesse Summers. Hey, Ronnie. What? Uh, I'm dropping. Nope. Huh. Anyway, well, this is fun. And you know what's funner than this? Ronnie's Reefer Roundup. (coughs) Oh, hi. Welcome to Ronnie's Reefer Roundup. The only show within a show where Ronnie, that's me, tells you what weed they smoke while watching today's movie. And as you can probably tell from the sound of me smoking, uh, I didn't really smoke during this movie. I vaped. I vaped Stizzy. Uh, I had <coughs> Premium Jack. Which is about 92% it seems, dude. It's this diva that'll keep you up for hours so Freddy won't get in your fucking dreams. And if you fall asleep, good news, weed stops your REM sleep. So you won't fucking dream. And if you dream, it will be weird as fuck. And Freddy will be like, what the fuck's going on? I'm so high, yo dog. What's up, bitch? And then he'll accidentally die. And you'll win. And I'll clip the microphone. Anyways, uh, my segment is really short, because it's literally just, hey, this is what weed I smoked during the episode, uh, it doesn't usually tie into the episode, because, like, it's just weed that I happen to have during the episode. It sure is odd that I seem to have such a variety of marijuana, though, right? Like, what is this, some kind of stoner show? What the fuck? All cops are bastards! And that's a fact, premium jack. <coughs> Anyways, uh, Stizzy, you better, uh, did I mention Stizzy? <laughs> you better sign those fucking checks already. I'll be fucking waiting. Ronnie's Reefer Roundup is a production of cannabis cocktails and cinema. What's fanning my fandoms, my Ronnie? You fucking thief! You fucking stole. Okay, now I can see that it's recording on your end. <laughs> it's super fucking weird. This. Why are we recording in Zencast when we record in the same location? I mean, I know, like, it's kind of weird. I, I have audio files of everything that you say while we're here, so, you know, don't worry. I mean, worry, but, like, it's not a thing that you should worry about. All right, here are the, quote, differences from the film. The events are depicted as taking place in 1986 in the film, and they're depicted as taking place in 1982 in the movie. Jesse's homosexuality is far more blatant. Ken, Jesse's father is depicted as a sexual predator. It is implied that he molested his daughter. Uh, 
and is he's violent towards the other family members. And uh, Snyder is explicitly a sexual predator and a serial rapist. Uh, Snyder shoves Jesse into a chair, breaking his ribs, and hits him with a jump rope. Jesse Freddy sodomizes Snyder with a stick, releases the Snyder cut. Uh, in other words, <coughs> Snyder winds up literally having a stick up his ass. The police think that Snyder's death was part of the an S&M sex game. Yikes. Everybody at the pool party sees Jesse slash Freddy as Jesse in the film. It's obvious they see Jesse Freddy as Freddy. Jesse apparently kills Lisa at the power plant. She later turns out to still be alive. This is fucking with my head, and I don't like it. Some of these changes are a lot better. They they are. To be fair, it's a queer story written from a queer perspective in this version. Okay, something I don't like. I don't like the fact that his dad's a sexual predator because Kruger is a pedophile. Well, was he yet, though? Kruger was a pedophile when he was actually alive. No, I mean, uh, had he been written that way yet? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's pretty... If it's not heavily implied in the first movie... Because they go back and, uh, from what I've read, they go back and forth on whether or not he's explicitly supposed to be a pedophile. Like, there's always heavy hints, like, especially in the later films. Like, I know Six, Freddy versus Jason heavily implies it. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, Freddy versus Jason is the reason that I always assumed that he was always intended to be a pedophile. But what I've read, uh, a lot of the stuff either was unintentional or them being dumbasses and it was the 80s so uh sexualizing a character who was a 16 year old girl wasn't yikes yet apparently stuff like that okay but i'm not 100 percent sure i could be wrong freddy krueger and pedophilia okay this is a weird article uh no shit While this is all happening, I'm I'm gonna p- p- blah, blah. I'm gonna propose a simple question: mezcal or whiskey? Whiskey cal. I like where your head's at. Like high and play video games. I went with the mic. Rick, why are we why are we back here? Oh, oh no, I'm just practicing my your grandfather. How the fuck did you get here? Oh, did, did I get kicked through a portal do, again? Do you want alcohol? Oh sure. The, Here's this my is a Brian. ID. This is the the this is Dos Hombres. Okay. Do they, like, pour out the mezcal into the eyes? I'm just gonna... Just pour some mezcal into your eyes. Oh, jeez. I, uh... I, I, I listen to your podcast all the time, guys. I Malachi Wait, wait like a second. Show. 
Are you Defeater? No. Oh, sorry. You're that fabled second listener we I've heard so much about. Okay. Thanks. Anyway, get the fuck out of here. Thanks for the alcohol. What get out. Know? Fuck you. We're not going to watch that kid's show. No, We're not going to watch that kid's show. I feel bad for him. I feel like maybe his show is a little bit woke or something. Ah, uh, fuck that kid. grandpa makes it broke. Malachi, continue. So, in the remake, he is confirmed a pedophile. It is heavily suggested throughout the original series of films that he is a pedophile. He's uh, mainly just a child killer, which... Yeah. From what it... I remember, the original intention was child killer with some sexual deviance underlying him. Like... So the implications are there, but not, you know, it's... for sure. It's always implied. It's never said. Yeah. And then um, they got pretty blatant with it later. You know? Can we talk about how in the production team, no one considers the fact that, huh, maybe Jesse's a bi man. Literally everyone's like, he's straight or he's gay. You have to pick one, don't you know? Apparently. There, you can't can't be both or neither you gotta pick one you got you got yeah boys you got girls okay so, you're, it's is... either hot or it's burr see hot chip or lie this is what i told winter earlier when i was talking about it's just like it's they act like men are either they like cock or they don't like cock and women are all some form of bisexual but we're gonna call them lesbians but like they totally want to suck on the cock too all lesbians want to suck your dick, don't you know? No, I didn't know. Oh, God, I hate myself, even though that was a joke. I could not have... No, I'm, I'm aborting that joke. Yeah. I, I found it aborting annoying that, that no one was like... like... I should have been. <laughs> Stop reading my diary. Um, That was so... my diary. Fuck you. I, 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 I'm very annoyed, the fact that like everyone's just... Because I'm not going to, I don't think that necessarily he should be bi for this story. I feel like he's a gay man, but how they portray it, he's bi, but no one talks about like he's bi. So it's like they don't understand sexuality, but made a story about sexuality. It's kind of infuriating. I, I like the bisexual reading in parts, but only from a perspective of, it's wrong of Jesse to try and suppress the fact that he has, quote, homosexual urges. Yeah. Like, yeah. He he should embrace that he has those urges, quote unquote. Uh, yeah. Robert. Be bi, you know? Just be bi, bro. Date both Ron and Lisa. Why not? Yeah, fucking do it, my dude. Uh... Something Robert England in his section, like all of his segments from Never Sleep Again, are really fucking good and gets really insights into like the character that most people don't understand. Uh, one thing that he says is that in the film he feels like Freddie represents like the taunt of like the questioning of sexuality, of like having to deal with that and like 
the scariness of having to deal with the oh wait I might not be straight and the self hatred that comes with being a queer person. And I thought that was a really interesting interpretation of uh, that character of like Freddy to Jesse, and, uh, and it was a like honestly a better take than the writer and the director had. Yeah. Also, uh. uh... I, I agree. What were you saying, Jeffrey? Half half the films that we're going to do this month are kind of, uh, how do I say, not necessarily cover, but like, uh, could involve a conversation about bi erasure. Yeah. One of them I'm going to be very happy to talk about some bi shit with. I'm not going to, mm, I'm happy. I ha, uh, mm, I'm waiting I'll wait. Uh, they they, okay. ba- they basically, from my recollection, go like, no, what, bisexual? No, just gay. Bisexual. Those don't exist. Uh, they just lie. They're just liars. All of them, they're just hot chip feeding liars. Do you guys know that really shitty scene of like the pool party and it's not scary at all because it's like dozens of teenagers that could be all my children now bitches <laughs> uh yeah uh both robert england and wes craven when watching those were like and even robert england while filming was like this is kind of stupid <laughs> yeah <laughs> we yeah. can help you and home scream uh, Wes Craven's best quote. I I was cackle cackling and cry laughing for about like five minutes after hearing him like say this on a documentary about the movies during the section about this movie. He said of Nightmare on, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street Two: Freddy's Revenge. It didn't have a unity to it. It was just a bunch of scenes. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was really difficult to watch, especially like in the beginning. Like I kept yeah. just be, like it's not that long of a movie, and it it's only an hour like twenty five so minutes or some shit. Fuck, it feels so long. You know what they should do? It'll make it feel shorter, but it'll be longer. They should release the Schneider cut. No. The Schneider no, no, cut. No. 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 Why are you slapping me in the face every time you say no? I'm bad at clapping. I just kind of keep... I'm not slapping you. I just, I'm just i clapping, but I keep kind of like hitting your nose. It's Sorry. collaborative clapping. Oh, God, I'm bleeding. So here's an interesting quote from the movie that made me think of a lot. Or from the documentary. Uh, they were talking about how Nancy was a female heroine in the first movie, and then now they have Jesse in the second. Yeah, the last boy. Yeah, and they said, quote, women are easier to portray as victims, being that it was the 70s and 80s, and it made me think a lot about how... Uh, how rape is something that, quote, happens to women. Well, I wasn't thinking about it in that way. I was thinking about how... Sometimes horror is seen as a feminist genre, which I like to think of it as a feminist genre, uh, I, coming down from the roots of like Mary Shelley and stuff. Yeah, but I, it doesn't bring an interesting point of having female protagonists that aren't actual like 
you know, people, but just victims that people can sympathize with because women are supposed to be seen weaker in our chauvinistic piece of shit culture that we live in. The Honest- patriarchy, if you will. Honestly, Diet Meryl Streep, uh, feminist icon, woman with agency, in a Nightmare on Elm Street movie. Hey, is this the movie that we've reviewed where the where women have the most agency? I um, wouldn't say that in the original Nightmare on Elm Street, Nancy doesn't have agency, but that doesn't mean that it's not that a feminist film. It's just yeah. Well. I was more throwing shade at the other movies that we've reviewed. Uh, oh, a, especially the Back to the Future films? Yeah. Well, to be I, fair, that's like half the movies we've reviewed. The Nice yeah. Guys kind of has yeah. that. But, like, it is, like, a odd version of it, if that makes any sense. Yeah. You could argue that Old like, Boy has a problem with... Agency in general. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Old Boy was good, though. Old Boy, it's almost like, I don't think that, like, it's not excusable, but it makes sense within the narrative that she doesn't influence the plot a lot. Here's the thing. I think with some of the ways that she's portrayed, I I think that she would have what Boyd would call an electrocomplex anyway. You know? Yeah. And he's just lonely. Electra, I love Daredevil. <laughs> Kill me. Uh, Malachi, how'd you know what I was going to say? <laughs> uh, so, you know, some asshole drank all my whiskey, so now I'm just left with the bad whiskey, and I don't like it. Is this a good queer movie? Uh, mm. I'm going to go with a no on my part. So I'm going to go with a soft yes. I'm uh, going to go with a big emphatic no. My soft yes is just that the fact that it was the mid-80s, you know? Mm, no, you shouldn't give it that credit. I'm, I, I don't like to give media that stuff because there's media that, from like 100 years ago true. that's way more gay positive. That's true. Usually by queer people. But, like, I I don't like to do that credence. It would have been better if if Mark was more involved. Yeah. You know? I do think the queerness is on the movie. I just think the writer's a fucking idiot. I have to... The ending is really what cements it to me as a negative look on queerness, but I'll talk about that after. There was an attempt... But also, it seems to be playing to homophobia, and it came from a straight person, which, on one hand, there was an attempt from a straight person to betray gays at all, not fully negatively, but also partially negatively in a lot of places, and heavily negative, heavily negative in a few other places, you know? So, like, I'm, it's complicated... In a lot of ways, there isn't enough gay horror films. Yeah. We need more gay horror films. I Come agree. on, Neolibs. One what you're good for. could read into the fact that, like, a lot of the homoerotic subtext of the film 
um, how do not how do I say this? It got it seemed to be at least one interpretation of it is it was added more and more as the script was rewritten, as almost like a. This how, how do I say like yeah? There's the actors gay, and it just seems like a really dickish thing to have yeah. done, and the fact that it was done so not like Without. just handled so badly. You know, my understanding he knew that they were doing that, but didn't have much to say in like what they did with it. Yeah, and that's that's why like my no is more of an emphatic no. You know, yeah. my my issue is that he didn't have enough involvement, but maybe that guy's heart was in the right place. But he's such a fucking hack, you know. It's it's so bad. It's but also, just shittily written. Pandering to Reagan era people. Yeah. So, I think the ending is really what makes it and like pretty. Not a good queer movie. Like, Straight movie. women love will save you, Malachi. That's the shit that really fucking bothers me. The film should have ended with him killing her, and then that would have released Freddy. Because here's an interpretation of this movie that I was thinking about while I was watching it that would make it really interesting. It's about toxic masculinity. So the idea is that every single time that he plays into this, like, like this heteronormativity, Freddy, like, starts creeping in more because the more that he starts to accept it, the more he starts, like, hating himself for doing that. So the farther he gets in a relationship with Lisa, the more that Freddy ends up coming out. Uh, and... I think that's a valid interpretation of the events that end up happening uh, because like Freddy literally starts manifesting in the real world when he almost gets sexual with uh, Lisa. And then uh, he's kind of going against himself with literally penetrating <laughs> Grady. Uh, and so the, I feel like, you could make the argument that this is a movie about queerness in a good way if it didn't end up with, like... If if it was toxic masculinity, it doesn't get solved in the way that it should have been. Because yeah. what it should have been is just killing Lisa and having that rejection of the toxic masculinity is what ends Freddy Krueger infesting him. Because it ends that self-hatred. It starts with the acceptance. There and maybe a... not even killing her. Maybe yeah. just being like, I was... hey... No. Yeah. Or maybe like, hey, like there are even ways where you go where like you even have them end up together, but it's like he's like, Hey, Binus, is that cool with you? And then she's like, Yeah, no, it's okay. And yeah. like I don't think you're gay for also liking boys, that just makes you bi. You know? And then yeah. he stops like having to be like I can't I can never remember the word. But like, stop being a cocky douchebag in the whole. Oh, I'm not gay. You're gay. Ha ha ha. I sucked your dick. Therefore, you're gay. And that's what high school straight boys sounded like in the 2010s. For the record. Oh, you're not wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Actual dialogue from my high school. How How do you feel about the reading that Freddie is toxic masculinity? I. I think it would have been better. 
I think it's valid to a point, but like it's definitely not what they were going for. But it's yeah. interesting to look at it that way. I, I think that you have to read into it and also like apply other things from like Nightmare on Elm Street and things that we would know about Freddy Krueger from like other things, like even Mortal Kombat appearances and shit. And then you could make a stronger argument, you know? Yeah. I but like with just what's in the film you have an argument it's just the author clearly wasn't intending that but the author's dead the author was also not intending to make it gay <laughs> at first at least yeah well to make it that gay i guess to yeah, make it, it like the like it, no matter what like, it was gayer than they intended and like, you know like, i just gay? wanted to be subtext Motherfucker, it's the only thing of substance in the entire film. Everything else is just, like, trash, except for Robert England's performance. And you know what's, what's gay? gay, Jeffrey? The products on services. Eating hot chips? Yes, the, the this bisexual boy <laughs> something Malachi might have a segment. I don't fucking know. I'm drunk. Here's the eating hot chip or, and lying segment where Malachi reviews a hot chip. Or it's it's, bas- it's basically gonna be maybe like all the things, some of the things Malachi wanted to say but didn't get to say. Sorry, my also, jersey's coming out. Hey, <clears throat> what the fuck? I don't know what's happening anymore. Tell us about this fucking movie, Malachi. The reason this movie shouldn't be about a bi man is no, not 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 here. (laughs) Yeah, go go record something on your own time. But why this shouldn't be about a bi man? You fucking that's what it'll be about. Fucking loser. Yeah. You're valid. Yeah, you're fucking valid. Here's a punch in the fucking face. Ow! Fuck. Okay, I'm gonna hit the button. Hi everyone, it's Malachi, and I'm doing my little segment about the movie. Uh, I want to talk a a little bit about bisexuality and why I think Jesse shouldn't be considered bisexual. And the main reason is I think it's not a good look. Um, It's not a good praxis, in my wholehearted opinion, the which I could be wrong. Feel free to disagree with me. Add me on Twitter and say that I'm an idiot. I really don't like how this movie, like, this movie's weird with queerness. I think a valid interpretation of the film is that he would be bi. I just don't like that interpretation. I feel like it's not a good interpretation, but it's one that's valid, and if you believe that, then okay, that's your opinion. I have a different one. Because I I would say that there's a case within the movie, because he obviously has an attraction to Lisa, and it's heavily implied that he has an attraction to Grady. Actually, I wouldn't say it's implied. He basically has an attraction to Grady. And so, I don't like how the movie deals with this, I guess, is why I would rather have... I think the story is better if he is a gay character. Because then, the analogous parts of for Freddy, like, what Freddy actually represents, makes more sense. Because I I went through similar things as Jesse as a bi man of thinking. But I've never done the rejection of women that happens in this movie. 
if Freddy is supposed to represent like the repression and the the questioning and um, the self hate, why would Freddy show up like narratively? Uh, not narratively, but like metaphorically, what does Freddy represent in that scene where he's in the pool house? When he, uh, when the tongue comes through and like licks Lisa or whatever during the pool party. What, what metaphorically does that mean? Because that is something that you have to look at. The film isn't literal. Uh, there's a lot of a metaphor that is happening, especially with Freddy. I think he's meant to show that repression and that self-hate. And so I don't understand why you would have scenes like that and then have him end up with the girl in the end. Because then that makes him buy, but that's not a good way of showing that. Because he seems to have a rejection of women. He, with that scene, because it seems to be that he's, that doubt and hate is coming in while he's about to have sexual intercourse. It's like his brain saying, Hey, but do you really want to be having sex with a woman? Weapon if you were having sex with a man instead. And he's trying to push that thought out of his head while he's with her. And so he leaves. He feels uncomfortable trying to put on this persona. That's how I read into it. Like, that's how the film spoke to me. If that doesn't speak to you that way, that is completely fine. But I... That's how it speaks to me, and so that's why I feel so strongly that he shouldn't be bi. Because it isn't just like, he's attracted to Lisa, but he's also attracted to Grady. He seems to be friends and have strong companionship with Lisa. But he seems to have this curiosity for men that is unsatiated in the movie. He... I had... I think when... Jesse is most vulnerable is after he kills Grady. I think that's when you see him at his lowest point. That's when you see him, like, crumple and fall and not have the willpower anymore in his character. Like, he just gets crushed by the fact that he that Grady is dead. But he doesn't feel that, like, to me, he doesn't feel that same strong... He doesn't fit the same things for Lisa, and so it doesn't feel good. It feels like what the movie ends up saying, if this character was bi, is that bi men aren't really bi. They're gay, but they'll have sex with women so they can be happy. Like, I don't know. It's weird because the ending, he basically just loves Lisa for again for some reason. Like, he never... There was never that strong sexual, like, attraction and energy between them. It just didn't seem to be the case. I don't understand why... I, I'd rather see the character as a repressed gay man than a, than a repressed bisexual man because of the rejection of women. And that makes it seem that bi people... Like, I think that having more of attraction to men or women or... I, in my case, I like to say masculine and feminine because I, I'm not just attracted to men and women. I'm attracted to non-binary and gender fluid people as well. Um, like I, like about like four or five types of masculine presenting people, and I like most people that present feminine. Now I can find androgynous people, uh, attractive, but it's rarer. Uh. So I just, 
I think that's valid to have that feeling, but it doesn't seem like a preference more for m men. Excuse me, pardon me. It doesn't seem like the attraction more to men than women. It seems like he's attracted to a man, but then settles for a woman. It doesn't feel like an actual love based on how certain events in the story play out. It seems like a settling, and that's not what bisexuality is to me. It's a it's a freeing thing. It's the ability to choose between. Like, for me, I don't look at my significant other as like, oh, well, I couldn't have sex with any mask-presenting per person, so I will settle for this feminine-presenting person. That's, that's not how that works. That's <laughs> what I'm trying to say, I guess. I... I don't know, I just feel like the movie serves a better narrative purpose if it is gay. I don't feel like this movie has enough nuance in it to handle bisexuality. Because the reason that bi-erasure happens is because it takes nuance, and people don't like to discuss a nuance. People like to say, oh, people like black and white thinking. So it's easy to be like, huh, had sex with the dude is gay if is the person is uh, a man. So man have sex with man, gay. Man have sex with women, straight. Has sex with both, we're just gonna call you whatever seems appropriate at the time. By erasure isn't a real thing that happens. I feel like it's because nuance isn't introduced in certain subjects. It isn't saying, well, this person had sex with men and women, so they're bi, bi people exist, they're valid as fuck, all queer people, and all queer people are valid as fuck. I'll say it, fuck it. Um, all bi plus people are valid as well. This goes for pansexual, demisexual, polysexual, and obviously bi's. But, I don't... Overall, what I'm trying to say is, this movie suffers narratively if you make it about bisexuality because it isn't equipped to handle that topic. The movie has no nuance. It's already confused in which way, like, if, if Jesse is gay or straight. They're not entertaining the idea of bisexuality. The film doesn't really entertain that idea. The film is talking about gay versus straight, really. It's, it's not talking about the nuances of being a bisexual person, I feel like. It's more about sexual repression as a gay man, and I really hate that fucking ending. The ending makes it like the movie so much worse. Because it's just like, oh, I'll just settle for a woman because all of the male interest people in my life died. Like, Jesus Christ, that's such a... <laughs> It's, I hate it. I hate it. Uh, I have shit talked this movie so much. I'm sorry if you don't like hearing me yell about why this movie is bad. <laughs> but I, w I don't want it to come off as, and sorry, Jeffrey, for you having to edit this. <laughs> I don't like this movie if it was about bias because overall I just think it lacks nuance. I've said that like 30 fucking times. Jesus Christ, please cut this, Jeffrey. <laughs> I'm sorry, I gave you more to edit. I apologize.
I just... Yeah, I think I basically said everything I wanted to say. It's... The movie tried to talk about queerness. And I don't hate it for trying. I hate it for failing? Um, I think that's a big part of it. Because if this movie was just a decent movie, I wouldn't hate on it as much. The queerness in this movie is the only interesting part besides Freddy. Freddy's the best part. I just... Uh, I don't know, man. Men, women, NBs, all the other gendered people and non-gendered people. In just summation of everything that I've said in a short little bit, movie represents shows that a, for the majority of the movie until the end really shows a movie about a gay man and then at the end he is with a woman but that doesn't mean that he's bi because it, and if he is bi and that is the interpretation that we're supposed to be taking from it it's a terrible terrible representation of what being bi is so I think that's one of the reasons that this movie made me so angry is because as a person who is bi it misrepresents who I am as a person and a struggle that I've had to deal with uh for a good portion of my life I'm uh, trying to come to terms with the fact that I am a queer person and so I find it really maddening when a movie kind of invalidates those experiences unintentionally of course but it does it does anger me to see if this character is supposed to be bi this is a terrible terrible representation of what being bi is and I don't think that's okay um, again, sorry, Jeffrey, you're gonna have to edit around the fuck out of this, because I repeat myself a lot, and thank you all for listening to me ramble about being bi, I'm sure this won't be the only time I do it during Pride Month, um, follow me on, so, I'm, you know, I'm not gonna shout out the Twitter thing, I'll do that in one of the other episodes, um, but, yeah, but let's throw it back to all of us talking about this fucking movie again. Jesus Christ. Okay, bye, everyone. Oh, God. So many hot chips, so many lies. Yep, and we're yep. back! Are, are we? I guess so. I think so. It looks like we're back. I see sound waves. But, uh, uh, the hot chip. The lies. The lie. But so, <laughs> would you recommend this movie? No. Yes, but only from like a, you gotta watch it for those video essays that I'd recommend to make sense. Does that I, make sense? I would recommend it to, <laughs> I for queer people to watch and enjoy and get drunk to. Yeah, there's um, there would be a fun drinking game out of this there, movie. There has there are, to be. There are parts of it that I I think definitely speak to queers, you know. Yeah, because that that's one of the reasons that I think that their heart was in the right place that and that they were just all hacks. Yeah, you know the people who were intentionally making it queer. Not everything I, can be a Gus Van Sant movie, I guess. Which, 
There were, it's like, at least you tried, but you, you did better than Reagan during the Reagan era. Yeah. You know? Well, that, that's you such know a what, low bar. I know. You know what would be interesting? This is taking place in 1980, in the 1980s. This is during the AIDS crisis. Something that mm-hmm. they should have done is shown, like, I wish, because you could technically see these killings, because who are the two people he openly kills by his own hand? Uh, his An older boyfriend and his, uh, and his other boyfriend. Yeah. Don't, don't call the coach's boyfriend that. <laughs> I don't like that. I, I know, I, I, I was looking for another word. Uh, his boyfriend and his abuser? His vice principal. His boyfriend and his vice principal. <laughs> Fuck. Um. Wait, it was his coach, though. Yeah, so it was the coach and uh, uh Ronnie. Yes. And Ronnie. Uh yes. So it's almost like you could see that as like like you could do an interesting thing with that where it's like, oh, it's like analogous to like AIDS at the time. Well, you know the And sweat? it's like he's realizing like there's it's this thing that people aren't talking about, but is like readily known to anyone who's paying attention. Yeah, you know the uh, the the sweat scenes where he wakes up in a sweat. Yes. Some people read that as the cold sweats that AIDS patients have, but that one's like one of the weakest readings. Yeah. I I knew about this movie from video essays. Show notes might have some video essays that I watched. Also, a link to the documentary that they keep referencing that I'm going to go watch. Maybe I'll reference it in Ronnie's Reefer Roundup. It's good. It's Uh, really entertaining. So I guess this is like the shooting the shit portion of it. (laughs) So we're, we're doing Jeffrey's movie next. If we are, I do have a thing I want to say. So, um, the album tonight, if I'm remembering correctly, I think it came out in 1985, or it might have been 84. Who's it by? David, uh, David Bowie. Yeah. So it feature it, it does feature some good songs. It's not as bad as Never Let Me Down from 87. 84, I think. Okay, so like it has Blue Jean... Got a lot of nice songs on it, but uh, I believe one of the last songs on it is Dancing with the Big Boys. And there's even, I think, a cover of Neighborhood Threat. Um, But Dancing with the Big Boys is kind of a duet with Iggy Pop. Pop. Yes. And Neighborhood Threat is a cover of an Iggy Pop song uh, from the album Lust for Life that David Bowie recorded with Iggy Pop. 1977. And of, and of course, this next out, al- this next movie that we're going to cover is literally just, what if they were gay? So this is kind of the only through line, but we're going to go Reach from, <laughs> but like, my goodness, I. The title, the title track and Don't Look Down are also uh, Iggy Pop, Lust for Life songs. Uh, I don't think Don't Look Down is a pop song, but they were collaborating quite a bit at this point. 
Um, so, they once again so teamed up for an Iggy Pop album that Iggy Pop's kind of returned, blah, blah, blah. From New Values. Oh, yeah, that, that would make sense. Here Come the Big Boys sounds like a village Oh, Dancing with the Big Boys. Dancing, dancing. Yeah, see, that's, that, that's just... From it. Any Day Now. That one was, uh... Fucking... Wait. Wait, no. <laughs> yeah. I, I really like my, my music. Speaking um, of the village people, have you guys heard oh, wait, the no. song "Women" by the Village People? That, that one was that was incorrect information. Have you heard the song "Women" by Lou Reed? That comes yeah, village people thing. Yeah, talk about the village people. Uh, so in that song, it's literally the chorus is just them yelling "Women." We love dancing with these women. It's like, guys, none of, like I know that only two of you are gay, but no one's believing that. <laughs> I'm not gay. You're gay. I, I'm I'm Jay from Jay and Silent Bob. I sucked your dick. Ha ha ha. You're gay now. Ha ha. See, the, the straightest thing you can Yikes. do is to uh, fuck another man in the ass. Unfortunately, yeah. I'm not going to do that because not straight. Yeah. Sorry about that, fellas. Wait, okay, can we also talk about, like, what isn't gay at this point? Like, people are, like, if you fuck too many women, you'll be bi? If you fuck too many well, vaginas, you see the, 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 the semen is, is stored in there, so basically you gotta go around, um, going from monastery to monastery... Um, basically taking people's virginity, um, <laughs> it's really the only way you can, uh, know for sure. Are you saying that if men have sex too much with women, their semen levels will deplete, and then they have to go around and fuck men to bring their semen levels up? Is that what you're implying? Because um... that sounds like the best action movie. I want to <laughs> die in a video game. I want to die in a war in a video game. Hey, y'all want to play Borderlands? Uh, which one? Uh, the second one or the first one? I uh, as long as it's on PC. Is it the or one where you uh, shoot people at the border? Uh, ouch. Uh, sure. Why not? Okay, can Somewhere I be can I be shooty mc shoot face? Sure, I, I, I want you to shoot me in the face. So I have the, uh... Shoot I somebody, shoot me in the face. Okay, I'll shoot in the face. Shoot me in the face! Or is that Roland? Honestly, uh, shit. Uh, we need a fourth person. We need... We need a girl? No, there, there are four people here. Oh, oh wait, sorry. Can... Mask, mask off. Um... I mean... We'll we'll have gender fluid. We can. Well, well, it doesn't have to be a girl. Just an AFAB. We need yeah, we someone with fluid. boobies. Okay, my, I even with my like hot spot. I, this is a whole other thing. I'm very drunk right now. Who's looking for the social media tonight? Um, I'm off Twitter, but I'll see if I have any notifications anyway. So I'll do it. Uh, so you got any fucking questions from, uh, I'm, I'm, I just, you fucking look yes, up. Malachi, well, I was just saying that, like, 
Bisexuals don't exist. And it's not that they never existed. I killed them all. I just... uh, I peed on them. I drowned them in my pee. And that's just kind of... What happened... Um, I... Am very sorry for... I'm not sorry. I don't... uh, You ever think about... Uh, the guy who directed The Seventh Seal, just like, just all, just jerking off on his desk, just like directly onto the film reels of The Seventh Seal. Just like the fucking dance macabre, and he's just like, you know, just like nothing. Because he's got, he's got to keep it up for like a few days, and he's like, uh, I, I'm going to get another drink. Um, he's He's just jerking off all the time, and Okay. Uh, he's got just like white shit everywhere, and like it doesn't taste right because like I tasted it. I went over there one time and I put my finger in it, and I was just like, hmm, not enough salt. So I gave him this giant thing of this French sea salt, very good stuff. But he keeps eating it all the time, and now it doesn't. He's not. He's getting dehydrated, so he's, it takes him like even more days to actually, you know, to, 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 to come anywhere. So, you know, uh, if you want more hot takes like that, follow Jeffrey at Jep underscore 76 on Twitter. If you uh, want to hear Ronnie talk about weed and what it's like to be mixed, then I'm, I'm going to Ronald Alley, too. I'm going to make government name. I'm going to make a movie where fucking Willem Dafoe fucks a dog. To this song, and if you want to see me, uh, I'll probably be back on Twitter by the time this episode. Mormons. You can follow me at at by guy Malachi for all my bisexual hot takes, and you can follow the podcast obviously at CC and CFM on Twitter to see when new episodes come out and see whatever random shit. We will retweet from the other. From Even our I post. can't remember Instagram. Ronnie. Hmm. A cap. A cap. A cap. And you know uh, what? Black lives matter. Black lives do, in fact, matter. Or they should, at least. What was the thing I was going to say? Uh, you should email the show. We've mentioned the email before. Uh, you should rate us are you stars Are you playing on, music? iTunes? Yes. What is happening? This is, this is gonna be such an ass to edit. <laughs> it's the USSR Anthem Trap remix. I know what it is. It's just gonna be hard to edit because it's not gonna be recorded that well. Yeah. Uh, is this a good fucking podcast? This is the best fucking podcast? I'll have you know. Okay. Half sir, half ma'am. All right. Half glam. Who wants to see Ewan McGregor's penis? I do. Okay. Uh, I I was going to say something else. Uh, Oh, yeah. Rate us five stars on the iTunes store or whatever, please. Because right now we only have two ratings. One is from me and the other one is from my mom. Oh, shit. I need to do that. Uh, not to shame anyone, but 
Share the podcast with your friends. Yeah, share the podcast with your friends. Tell them that there's a whole like multi-minute thing at the end where they're just talking about the social media for the podcast and telling you to rate it <laughs> and to get to our Patreon when we have one. And like, I don't know, just talk about like how we, whether or not we shave our balls in the reviews. Because like. What episode was that? Good night, uh, Spider Man. Future two slash three or Spider Man? I'm not. No, it was sure. Spider Man. It was Spider Man. <laughs> Time is a lake. Good night, uh, everyone. Release the Snyder cut. I, I, I release. I know you're memeing, but like, I'm like, I can, I can excuse casual racism and genocide, but I draw the line at enabling the Snyder cut. Re- release Freddy Krueger's dick pics. Good Wait, night. You can excuse racism and genocide. Um... I feel like no one appreciated the fact that I said Freddy Krueger's dick pics.